You are listening to Intrepid Healthcare's exclusive coverage of the HIMSS Annual Conference and Exhibition. Welcome to HIMSS 15 Direct from Chicago. Our coverage is brought to you by CTG Health Solutions, your trusted advisor for healthcare IT advisory and consulting services. And now, here are your hosts, Joe Lavelle and Rayanne Thorne. Welcome to a special episode of Intrepid Healthcare, live from HIMSS 15 exhibition floor in Chicago. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm excited to be bringing you Talk HIT with CTG with my friend and co-host, Rayanne Thorne, from our remote studio right here in the CTG Health Solutions booth. Rayanne, let's give a big shout out to our sponsor, CTG Health Solutions. Hey, Joe, we have had the best experience being here at HIMSS 15 in Chicago at McCormick Place. CTG stands for Computer Task Group. They've been around since 1987, and the best thing is that they know how to update and upgrade technology as their clients need it. So if you need integrated help, call on CTG. Thanks, CTG, for having us here at HIMSS. We are going to continue to rock the mics all day today. So let's get to it. We are going to get right to it, Rayanne. Today, we're joined by Dr. Chris Davis, CIO and CMIO, Baptist Health System in Birmingham, Alabama. Dr. Davis, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure for sure. Why don't you start out by just taking a few seconds and telling the audience about your background? I'm an emergency medicine physician by training from University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. Practiced as an emergency medicine physician in Missouri. Then one day got a flyer in my mailbox asking, uh, searching for a part-time medical director for medical informatics wow. uh, to help develop standardized order sets for our health system. So I asked about that and ended up getting that position. And we made a switch in EHR vendors to, to Epic. And at that time, they were looking for some full-time physicians on the project team. So that's kind of how I made that transition into the IT world. I want to talk to you about that a little bit later. Let's give you a chance to talk about your facility. I'm really interested in why you did that. And also talking to you a little bit more about, is it important for a CIO to have a medical background, somebody that serves and works within a hospital or a hospital system? So we'll get to that, but we'll give you a chance to introduce you. Before we do that, Rayanne, Dr. Davis and I have known each other for a couple of years, and I didn't realize you're a fellow Razorback, so (laughs) (laughs) go Hogs. Go Hogs. (laughs) All right. Can you also give us a 10,000-foot overview of Baptist Health System? Sure. So Baptist Health System is a four-hospital system in the Birmingham area. We've got about 1,200 licensed beds. We've got uh, our largest being about a 500-bed hospital. The smallest is about 120 in Talladega. And we've got about 400 physicians that are part of an integrated a clinical integration network called the Baptist Physician Alliance. And of those 400, about 100 are employed in our uh, 43 clinics that are owned by the health system. Outstanding. I know you do great work in Baptist in my home state of Alabama, and Dr. Davis is also very involved with us in Alabama Hems, so thank you for your work there. We'd like to start by talking about as we get through stage two and meaningful use is hopefully mostly behind us, what you've learned from meaningful use, would you do anything differently or did you learn some things that you'll do for all your projects going forward? You know, we've had tremendous success with our meaningful use efforts. I think a lot of that is in part to really getting the physicians engaged in the process from the beginning. And I think the key to meaningful use that I keep stressing with my medical staff is it's uh, despite what my CFOs believe, it's not about the dollars, it's really about the patient. So if the physicians use the record like we taught them to use the record, we don't even have to worry about meeting the measures. We had great physician engagement to help us be successful there. 
Is it required continual training of your staff? You know, currently it is not. That, that's okay. something that we've been actually toying with, not so much for meaningful use, but to get the physicians up to speed on new things that we've right. optimized in the electronic health record, that they learn what they learned and keep doing the same thing that they've always done. They may not be aware that we've put in all these really cool whiz-bang things that are make, it make easier. their life easier yeah, and more efficient. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting what we've heard from many of the CIOs we've talked to this week is, look, we had to quit focusing on the measures and just do the right thing. Yeah. And guess what? The measures yeah. got taken care of. Yeah. And if that's the lesson we learned, then so right. be it. And we'll do that right. with other projects going yeah. forward. So you know, I'm glad to hear that from you. A perfect example of that is we did have some physicians that were really focused on the measures. And we did incorporate the measures into our EMR training as well. So when we told the physicians, put just one problem on the problem list. Some of them took us very literally and put one problem on the problem oh. list. So kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> so it kind of goes back to my point about what is this really about? That's right. It's all about the patient, and I'm right. sure we're going to get to that through this conversation. Rayanne and I have made a pact, and that <laughs> pact is next year we're not talking about ICD-10 at all. <laughs> we may be talking about ICD-11, but we're not going to talk about 10. Are you ready? Do you think it's going to happen on October 1st? Yeah, we've been ready. I mean, we've been ready since last year. So I think it, is, it looks like it is going to happen on the 1st. But when the delay came, we kept moving along. With our, our inpatient EMR, we were able, with Epic, to be able to put the clinical ICD-10 codes in the physician's workflow. So we've actually been using the clinical codes since July. Oh, that's great. Outstanding. Our coding team has been doing some dual coding. We've continued to be fortunate enough to continue to test with our payers, so we're ready to go. Good deal. And I know that you're reaching out and helping physicians in and around Birmingham, too, which is another thing that I think we're all going to need to do to make this everybody successful. That's right. right. Has it helped that you are a physician? When you're working with your staff? I think it has. I developed my relationship there. I I came to Baptist three years ago as their CMIO. So I started building those relationships over the last three years with the physicians, and they brought me in to actually help implement Epic. So, And that was my background coming from Mercy Health System out of St. Louis. So developed those relationships, got them through that tough transition from paper to electronics, and now they saw it's not that bad. They, uh, we do have some physicians that cover other hospitals in town, and some of those ones that complained to me at the beginning are coming to me saying, oh, man, I'm really sorry. I wish the other hospitals had this EMR. Um, we talked to a CNIO yesterday, CNIO yesterday, who talked about reverse mentoring. Have you tried that at all? Some of your younger physicians, your brand new physicians coming on staff, helping train some of your more sage or seasoned physicians on staff, helping them to understand the importance of the e-record today, the difference between when they started many years ago and how these younger physicians, they've grown up with a device in their hand and already know. Right. I think our users are run the whole spectrum because I have some older physicians that are great users of the record and and I've got some young ones that aren't. So, But we use a strategy to engage our hospitalist group at all of our hospitals to really be our super users because the physicians on medical staff know those physicians from the consult. So they've got a good rapport with the entire medical staff. So they made an effort for them uh, not only to be good users of the system, but they helped us be super users for their peers as well. I love that, a super user. I like the idea. I've not heard that before, Dr. Davis, of using the hospitals as super users. That was really successful for you. Oh, that's great. 
the buzzword as we walked around here last year, and I think it was a buzzword. Just call, fluff, nothing a, behind it. A friend of mine calls it architecture. You can view it on a PowerPoint, <laughs> but not in a product, but it was big data. And this year, predictive analytics, and I think there's a little more teeth in the predictive analytics is a buzzword. What are you guys doing in terms of data analysis and trying to really improve your clinical process with data? We're just getting our feet wet, being live on the EMR just for a couple of years. So now that we've populated with data, now we're trying to work to get the data out to use it to our advantage. Uh, We do have a population manager product and a risk manager product that we're using. That's a McKesson product. It used to be Medvenive. And we've used that to help us manage population of patients. We started a relationship with a payer in town called Viva Health. We did an exclusive narrow network product with them last year, a Medicare Advantage plan. So it has really helped us to really take a close look at those patients, as well as the data just directly out of Epic itself. We're able to see that information in real time, whereas the payers give it to us 90 days later once the claims all get adjudicated. So... It's interesting in those management meetings that we show up with the here's who was in the ER yesterday right. uh, type of information, whereas the payer stuff lags and the payer information is good for cost and that type of thing. But we're really trying to monitor the data that we get out of our EMR in more real time to look for trends of, of maybe overutilization of the emergency department, overutilization of certain testing, those types of things. And then we're also starting a strategy with a data warehouse to pull more information, not just out of our Epic EMR, but also out of NextGen, which we have in the clinic. Uh, so trying to pull some clinical data, uh, key clinical data, patient satisfaction, cost accounting, all into one data warehouse so that that gives us a more robust access to more information to be able to, to analyze. That's great. It is very interesting. You know, you, you hear that a very small percentage of patients spend the most of your healthcare dollar, and we're absolutely seeing that. And it's just really nice to have that validation within our own patient population that that's what's happening. And we have a health coach program that targets those patients for outreach to make phone calls, make sure that they have their follow-up appointments made, that they don't have questions about their medications. If they do, do some education and just kind of touch base with them to make sure that they're following their plan and don't have any barriers to any access or barriers to medications, those types of things, to try to keep them out of the emergency department and in the clinic effectively. We have one patient that had, I think, 15 emergency department visits the prior year. Last year, he had a couple right off out of the gate in January. Our health coaches intervened, and he did not have a single one the rest of the year. Wow. Now, that's meaningful use. Right? The definition of what meaningful use is. Well, and to a point we've made a few times, Rayanne, in other interviews, you're doing the right thing before the economic model catches up with you, right? Right. You would make more money if you came in 15 times. Absolutely. So kudos to your team. Congratulations. That's that's a great story. At Baptist for doing the right thing before your economic incentives (laughs) are fully aligned. (laughs) We ask the next question not because we want to torture you to talk about, but because we hope to find some nugget that can help the other CIOs in the business, but we hear almost every week about some sort of data breach. Is Mm -hmm. there any way you can really (laughs) feel comfortable or sleep at night when you think about it? I think we've put a lot of key things in place to help us mitigate that as best we can. I don't think it'll ever be 100%, so you're always going to have those breaches, and a lot of times it's not somebody from the outside hacking, it's internal hacking or internal access to computer systems. You know, we do the industry standard audits and penetration testing. All of our mobile devices have hard drives that are encrypted at rest and in transit. We just completed our Windows 7 
upgrade uh, last year to help uh, improve with some of those security risks as well. The coolest thing that we've done is a product called CompuTrace that is able to allow us to remotely wipe devices, and, and we've actually had to use it. And it was kind of cool the first time that we used it. So had an employee that had been terminated. We stopped her access to all of our, our networks when that occurred. She did not get our laptop back, so uh, she said, I FedExed it. You should get it. We couldn't find it, so we ended up wiping it. Wiping it remotely. Yes, and a few days later, it pops back up. So what it did was it, it wiped it, made it useless. You can change the hard drive. They put a new hard drive in, and it shows back up. We wiped that hard drive. Oh. <laughs> but the interesting thing was we were able to kind of geolocate it. Uh, so we knew about where it was. It was in Birmingham. We actually had an IP address, so if it wasn't such an old device, we, we probably would have tried a little harder to right. recover it. But just being able to... But uh, then stolen, or do you think it was the employee that kept it? Not sure. Not sure. It's but interesting. Way, That's nice that you were way. able to remotely yeah. take you care have, of it. You have confidence that you were able to uh, erase that data, yeah. and no matter what was on there. No, so they can't access it. That's the it. first I've heard of that That's feature great. function. So, yeah. oh, wow. Thanks it, for it's sharing It's kind that. of fun. To, when it popped back up, my security guy says, you're not going to believe this. They put a new hard drive in, and we just wiped it again. <laughs> <laughs> So it makes it a that's that's piece of plastic the true that use of your role as a chief information officer, really tapping into technology that's available today. Yeah. Whether it was stolen or the a data breach, you're able to control it. And we love hearing stories like that. I'm sure that Joe and I will tell that story over and over again. Oh, it's yeah. a great story. Yeah. That one is going to have legs. Yes, it yeah. is. It'll be on Twitter before yeah. noon. <laughs> and as far as you know, internally, we've got a system called Fair Warning, and it, it looks for. Uh, employees trying to access their own records, their family's records. It actually has some algorithms where it compares the employee's address against the patient's address within a certain radius to make sure that they're not checking on their neighbor's record, those types of things. Uh, Monitors our other systems to make sure that appropriate people are logging in. Great. Well, you kind of touched on it on the last one, but we'd love to give our guests a chance to brag on their team back home. What can you tell us about maybe one or a couple of your successful projects and what you learned from them? We had a couple big projects last year. We actually moved not one, but two data centers. So we relocated our corporate office where our our main data center was, and and we moved that data center across town to our our largest hospital, uh, Princeton Hospital in Birmingham. And then shortly after we did that, we created a disaster recovery data center about an hour away in Jasper, Alabama, which is where our Walker Hospital lives. Uh, so that was a big, big project for us. It went extremely well. The exciting thing to me now is that our next step in that project has been kind of doing a, an analysis of all of our systems because you know we put our, our primary electronic medical record systems up there as backup, but we have so many other things. And we, you know, we recently had a downtime with another system, and that kind of got me thinking. Okay, how else can we take advantage of this backup disaster recovery data center? So my team's been analyzing all of our applications. We prioritized them from highest risk to lowest risk, updated our disaster recovery plan in general, and then I'll use that information then as we go into budgeting next year to see what other hardware we need to create some redundancy where we can, where it's necessary. Great. Nobody appreciates how complicated those projects are or how much work it takes. Certainly you try to limit the disruptions as much as you can. Yeah, I think another one, if I can 
brag on my team a little more. We just implemented our Epic electronic system in the hospital, and we did our first upgrade in July, and it wasn't just one upgrade. It was our first upgrade, and we did a double upgrade. So very successful. A lot of hard work and planning went into that including early engagement of the medical staff again to make sure that they're prepared. And we had allotted, I think, I think we may have even planned for two weeks of at the elbow support, but we pretty much ended it after three or four days. So Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. And I know your team worked hard on those. What are some of the most important things you're working on this year? Probably the most exciting thing that we're working on this year is smart pump integration. So we just changed our smart pumps at the beginning of the year, and we're working on bidirectional communication between Epic and our layer smart pumps. So the order that's generated by CPOE and Epic will send that information to program the pump for the nurse, who then verifies the settings. And then as the infusions are, are going in the patient, then the pump sends information back to the electronic record on volumes and things like that. that are being recorded in the electronic record. So I'm, I'm probably the most excited about that. Very cool. You know, we're continuing to look at the disaster recovery review that I mentioned, continuing to work on virtualizing our data centers, beefing up our wireless infrastructure because we're getting more and more devices coming into the hospitals and that are dependent on wireless infrastructure being up to date and having enough access and bandwidth. I think those are the big things. We're also implementing our Optime and anesthesia product in our operating rooms, which includes some device integration there, which is pretty exciting for the anesthesiologist so they don't have to color on their little grid every five minutes or 15 minutes. Well, I think, you know, back to 2007, 2008, we were talking about clinical and information systems being integrated. Now it's really, really, I mean, this is a reality. yeah, Yeah, this is really happening. How exciting. We talked before the show, you've got a million things going on back home, but you've taken the time to come here this week. What do you hope to accomplish while you're here in Chicago? I think the educational sessions here are always great, so that's really a priority for me coming here. I always enjoy learning from other folks in our area, other peers. I love that you mentioned that. That's one of my favorite parts of actually being an attendee at a conference is actually sitting in on the sessions. A lot of people that have sat where you're sitting have said, discovering new tech. How, how can I use my tech better? But you're talking about actually learning from fellow, yeah, fellow CIO, CMIO. Yeah, so That's what thank you for sharing that. That's a big part of like a this. conference. Yeah. And the folks here are supporting that. Right, We're yeah, here absolutely. to help pay to bring people in that can educate us further. Absolutely. And of course, the vendors looking at what else is out sure. there. Yep. Perfect. Well, it looks like we're running a little short on time. Before we let you go, where can people go to learn more about Baptist Health System? Our website is baptisthealthalabama.org, and I'm also on LinkedIn as well. All Chris right. Davis. Yep. Perfect. It was our pleasure yep. to have All you right. on the show. Great. Thanks so much. I appreciate much. it. Thank All you. All right. That wraps our broadcast from Hymns 15. Again, we want to shout out a quick thanks to our great sponsor, CTG Health Solutions. Right. Delivering exceptional value for your consulting dollar. Why CTG? Because experience matters. On behalf of our guest, Dr. Chris Davis, my great co-host, Rayanne Thorne, I'm Joe Lavelle, and Intrepid Healthcare's live coverage from Chicago. We'll be right back. <laughs> 